The powers of the universe had brought three malevolent minds together to form an unorthodox alliance. Through the marvels of technology and by the power of Craig, you have found them. First, there's Cat. Holds the powers of dark knowledge, horror movies, and too much true crime. And then there's Keller. With dominion over the bot Craig, she wields control over technological forces and has possession of the sacred written word. And then there's me, Dick, the keeper of the ancient films and knower of all facts that are fun. And together with their powers combined, they are the Clip Critics. I thought I wasn't going to do it. He was thinking! I don't know what he was doing! His brain broke. He did. He, he didn't want to do this this morning either, apparently. Oh, he needs more coffee. Apparently. Athena! Ollie Anna syndrome is real. He made himself a cup of ambition. Don't start yawning, trying to come to life. Working not to fight. What? Her hands are even going in the position that Dolly's boobs bounce. <laughs> well, I don't have the same measurements, so I had to make up for it with my hands. Dude, I don't think anybody has those measurements. No, and it's pretty. Oh, epic. I might. And I'm, you know what? Give yourself a cinch, and you could have her measurements, and I would okay. respect that. <laughs> no, bad boys natural. What? What? Dollies are those bad boys natural? I Depends on who you ask, I suppose. I, after watching the documentary, have a theory about her entire aesthetic. I, I, okay. Yeah. I, um, so I do think she is a petite, busty blonde woman, but over the years, if you watch her shape, it's gotten like smaller waist, bigger boobs, bigger hips. I think she uses padding, much like drag queens. And I think she does it on purpose to protect her private life persona. What's Dolly Parton's husband's name? I don't know. She's been married this whole fucking time. I mean, yeah, I know. She keeps it kind of quiet, though. Like, he, he well, does I not think, go into the limelight. I think that's kind of why she was able to maintain for so long at such an extension. Like, I don't think we would be able to recognize Dolly Parton walking down the street without her layers of hair and makeup and shape. I think well, I think the hair a... wigs anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it is. And our mom said that when she was originally on TV she was dark brown haired. So really? yeah. Oh, um, I, that's interesting. She quoted the Porter Wagner show, but when I went and actually looked it up from all the screenshots I've seen from it, it looks like she she's blonde. blonde. Yeah. So I'm it's very I'm very, very curious about that. I needed to actually I wanted to look that up before the podcast that I didn't get to. But I do, yeah, I do think just from, like, watching her evolution, I do think that it's somewhat of a manifestation of a physical persona. And she, I, she kind of took her blonde-haired, tiny-waisted self and exaggerated it to the nth degree to make a point. I mean, that... Which is kind of the genius of her. Yeah. I like that idea. It's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Anyways, good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi. If you haven't figured it out by now, we're doing Dolly Parton. 
in Texas talking Dolly Parton. Yeah, so everybody was doing her. <laughs> we're just doing talk week this week. Next week we're doing the movie. That's right. true. Right. We yeah. are, but we're talking all the things. So what did everybody what did everybody invest into Dolly Parton? Or what does everybody let's start this way. What does everyone know about Dolly Parton? I mostly know her music, honestly. And of course, I mostly know her movies and TV. My mom was a big fan of her music, and I have heard her music, etc. And I'm not like I'm not a super big country fan, but she is one that I can usually tolerate. Uh, I I know a lot of her recorded history, but I've never looked. I've never really looked her up as a as a, as a person. I've never watched her. Like I didn't watch her documentary. I didn't. You know. I didn't. I don't know the in depth scoop. Um. From, so I learned about seventy two hours ago that she has a ton of movies. I had no idea <laughs> at all. Um. And so I watched a couple of them. I watched. Um, I've seen Nine to Five before in passing and just couldn't grasp onto it. I watched Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and I wanted so bad to like it. We'll get there when we get there. Um, then I watched her documentary, uh, Here I Am, I think is what it was called. And you know, you don't learn a lot of personal things about her, actually, when it comes down to it. You, you follow her career and challenges she had, but you don't learn a lot of, it's not a TMZ report. It's, it's fascinating. That's awesome. How under wraps, she keeps herself. And it's really intentional, it seems like. Which just leads more back to the whole that the, the Dolly Parton we know is the public figure is a persona. Correct. I feel like it, and I feel like it makes sense that it is because of just dolly on a whole i have listened to her music my mom has had me listen to some of her music and i've crossed it of course i don't think you can exist on the planet without knowing the song jolene yeah. um seriously like you can't walk 10 steps without tripping over that song or nine to five honestly or nine to five yeah uh, but some of her earlier storytelling, like, I really love her music because she is a storyteller. And I like her songs for that reason. But I didn't know shit about her movies till recently. And I have feelings. I like <laughs> her music. <laughs> Where I absolutely, like, I, I wouldn't have paid much attention to her if it hadn't been for the movies. I think the first thing I ever saw her it was Smoky Mountain Christmas, and I love Smoky Mountain Christmas, even if it is a retelling of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I I really like that movie. Um, I then got to see Straight Talk, which oh, and her little she popped up in the Beverly Hillbillies, which was fun. Um, the, the movie, and not the series. She pops up in other places too. I think I saw her in another like Hot Fuzz, and Sandra Bullock fucking tackles her in an airport or some bonkers. Um, not hot buzz somewhere else. Anyway, she um, she's not hot buzz. <laughs> no, I wasn't until I. I'm going to say I was in my mid twenties when I saw Nine to Five. Nine to Five, I find a little dated and a little on the boring side. Although what she's trying to do is very funny, and um, so there is humor in it. I I would almost love to see a remake of it just to see where it goes. 
but I'm sure I'll have tons of people be like, oh my god, 9 to 5 is the best movie, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I don't mind it. I liked it enough, but it, it was a little on the boring side. And then um, <laughs> I had this conversation once, and she, I had this person who was like, oh, no, you never saw you know, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? Dolly Parton plays a madam. And it's like, what? <laughs> so immediately that piqued my interest, because here's somebody who my mother and my grandmother all adored, and I know damn well. Like, they would never have watched that. <laughs> so I had the privilege of sitting down, and I actually watched it with my mother and this person. The oh. first time I saw it. My mother laughed hysterically. There, um, I can tell, like, there are definitely moments where you're like, whoa, and whoa. But it is based on a musical, which is based on a true story. And then... um. I'm going to say I saw Rhinestone really recently, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so I, yeah, I, I tend, like I said, I tend to to like her. She's had a couple of TV movies that were kind of more religious based, so I avoided them because there was one like Unlikely Angel where she plays an angel and she comes out. It's like okay, it's a Christmas movie, whatever. Um, you know, she Seems popped up about in- right. She popped up in Hannah Montana because, you know, she's Miley Cyrus's godmother. Yep, um, she does. You know, stuff like that. But there are genuinely some great appearances. Nomeo and Juliet, where she plays herself, was super fun, too. Um, so, yeah. I must have fucking missed that. Yeah, I didn't Nomeo and Juliet? Anyway, oh, I just shit. didn't watch it closely. Oh yeah, they yeah, made it. They made a. Movie. They made a glass gnome of her, boobs <laughs> and all. Yeah, yes, funny. that's amazing. How did I miss that? And super, super great. Um, you know, she, she's cameoed quite a bit, like Miss Congeniality too, which is really a terrible movie. So I, I didn't really like the number two. <laughs> um, Steel Magnolias. I have never I seen Steel Magnolias. That one, I believe, is critically acclaimed. Um, that one's a huge deal. I haven't watched it either, and people always, you know, the same look as Audrey gets, uh, as Keller gets. Sorry. <laughs> That's the I, first time I've done it. I own it time. now, but I haven't um, seen it. It's, it's, I mean, it's a big deal. You should probably watch it, because probably should. every time I know. I'm like, I haven't seen it, people look at me like I grew an extra head. <laughs> yep. I don't think I've seen it either. How dare you? should probably i'll do that one because at least three listeners are like i'm not listening to any of you anymore until you watch that that's funny sure we lost at least one listener um you know there is other stuff apparently in her list that i haven't seen but for, for the most part i've seen a good solid amount of of her stuff there would have to be stuff you haven't seen though because this woman hemorrhages art she right. just is constantly kicking out music and plays and ditties and it's insane. So Her. so as I'm looking at I can tell you I have seen Wild Texas Win which was a movie about a woman fighting an abusive guy. Um it, it was pretty big at the time it was in the 90s. I've seen the Naomi and Winona Judd story. I've seen the Big Dreams and Broken Hearts Dottie West story. Like she popped up in all of those. Unlikely Angel we discussed. I never saw her Dolly Parton Treasures or, the, or her Magic School Bus appearance. I Fucking did see what? Wow, yeah. go Dolly, go! 
uh, get to the heart of the Barbara Mandrell story, I've seen Magic School Bus. I'm Mr. Magic School Bus. That's why I was like, fucking go, Dolly, go. Because I, what? I saw Blue Valley Songbird when Bette Midler had her TV show. Bette, she was in one episode, which I've seen. I, I saw her episode of Reba. Hannah Montana, I've, I've definitely seen those. Um, uh, Code of Many Colors, I did not watch. Christmas of Many Colors, I have not seen. Oh, I um, didn't know that that was a... Of course she... Of course that is a thing. But I did... That was one of the first Dolly Parton songs I had ever heard. Get! Yeah! <laughs> Holly Dolly Christmas, I haven't seen. And I haven't seen her appearance on Grace and Frankie yet, which I heard was really good because it reunites everybody from 9 to 5. Oh, so, I bet Grace that is Frankie. entertaining. So I'm. I, I, it's not like he was funny. I watched it for a couple episodes. He's all claws this morning. I don't know what his claws. and claws, teeth and jaws. Yeah, he's scratchy, bleedy today. Bye, buddy. But I will say, I loved Straight Talk. Straight Talk is probably one of my favorites. I've watched that tons of times. I did not make it through Straight Talk, but I am going to revisit it because it looks far more my speed. Than Best yeah. Little Whorehouse in Texas, which I wanted, again, wanted so badly to like, and just kept stumbling over character flaws and and casting flaws that I just couldn't. I just couldn't. And I know it's of the time, and I know it's not its fault. And for dial and like for the time, it was incredibly forward thinking. It's just still so the gap for me is just still so large that I kept wanting to like it, and it kept being like. I'm uncomfortable and Riddick a little angry. <laughs> what? Riddick didn't like it either. He did not. Riddick complained. I didn't care. Did he? <laughs> we Riddick, I didn't I'm... give it a second round. I didn't. Riddick, if you wanted to go with me to watch the movie, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." And then we get there, and he's like, "We're watching what?" <laughs> and we're like, "Too late. You're here." And every time they race in. out into song, he was like, "I hate this. I hate this." Until you had the naked guy shower scene, and then he seemed to stop complaining, and then he went back to complaining. Yep. I mean, fair. Um, same. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, to be fair, I actually enjoyed a lot of the music, and even a lot of the tropes were, like, funny. It was just kept being things that I am so hardcore trained to be uncomfortable with now that I could not get past. See, this is why we need to expose her to more stuff so she starts losing the uncomfort level. I, be like, ah, it's just I think normal. change is good. Society <laughs> grows. It's fine. That's why. I... I'm so de desensitized. It's not funny, and that's why we'll make a great polar. But yeah, that shit's that shit's got some problems in it. And no, we'll, talk about that. we'll talk about that next week. Let's not get too deep into that movie. Okay, fine. Governor oh, singing Governor makes me happy. Oh my god, that is the best part. I can't wait. I know. I want all political. Figures to be like him. They now have to sing in order to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Felt like I all the governors that. watched that movie so they could just learn how not to talk to people. <laughs> uh, if you want to be in politics, if you want to be in politics, you have to be like the governor of that movie. Dude, please. I think that should be a rule. 
the movie was what I said it was one of the most top grossing movies of of eighty two or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. People fucking love that shit. People still love that shit. It's referenced all the time. <laughs> Naked boobies in the opening number. Well, I mean, everybody loves a booby. <laughs> how how could you go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> And I mean, the like listing the rules was fun, though I found them troubling. Anyway, wait, you just told me I can't talk about this. What well, is you happening? can. We just have to be careful. Like, we don't want to, like, talk, like, working mm-hmm. not too far. Yeah, let's go there. Da, 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 da. Okay, so if we have to go another direction, um, one of the things. Well, actually, I'm going to just talk about one of the funny moments. I felt in the documentary. I'm listening to it and I'm learning about Dolly Parton's like earlier songs. Uh like the fucking song about the little girl and her dog. You know that song? Being nope. little Andy. Okay, so it's a it's a whole song about a little girl who shows up on her door with a dog and they're homeless and her parents just went away in the night and can we sleep here and Dolly's like yeah of course you can sleep here and they died in the night. Aww. Dude, she writes like bonkers heavy songs. She writes a song called The Bridge about a uh, Richard's clearly heard of, about a couple who fall in love and go to the bridge to meet up every night and they're teenagers and eventually they end up getting caught up in in the hanky-panky time in the field, and she gets pregger, and he dips out, and she jumps off the bridge. Um, so, like, there's all these songs that she writes that are so heavy and so intense, and I'm listening to these songs, and I'm tearing up, and I'm having deep moments, and she starts talking about Jolene and how we've all had that person we feel like we can't compete with, that we feel like could fuck up everything and all kinds of shit. And I'm sitting there like, this is so true. And then Miley Cyrus pops on and starts singing and tears dry immediately. And I'm like, why did you ruin my moment? Because there's something about Miley Cyrus that is so abrasive to me. Grating. Yeah, I agree. And it just fucked up. Like, Dolly Parton triggered so many emotions in such a short period of time, and Miley Cyrus just turned them all the fuck off in a millisecond. It was a trip. I like, and this is, I'm gonna get a lot of shit from you, too. I like. Die on the fucking Miley Hill if you must. I'm, no, I'm not gonna die on Miley Hill. Somewhere in Montana. It's flatlanded. I don't like Miley Cyrus, but I do like her rendition of Jolene. I think Miley Cyrus has a really impressive voice. I just find her incredibly abrasive and hard to digest. Like, it's hard for me to be emotionally attached to her when she does shit because I'm immediately, like, I bristle when I see her. She's trying to say is she comes in like a wrecking ball. (laughs) Shut up! God damn it, Richard. No. She drives me up the fucking wall. <sighs> but her rendition of Jolene, I really like. That's fair. I can I can even get on board with that. It's not that it sounded bad. Her voice is beautiful. It's just like Miley Cyrus popped on the screen and something about that oh. shut off every and like... I, I didn't get that she was singing. It sounded like it went to that part of the interview and she just popped up and ruined it all. Oh. <laughs> and she just started talking. No, it was like... 
they were saying how big a deal Jolene was and how many artists had covered it, and Miley Cyrus popped up singing it, and I was like, <gasps> she's fucking everywhere. She's yep. the Jolene. <laughs> she's oh, my no. Jolene. <laughs> she makes me bristle. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'm jealous of her. Maybe I'm like, you had the better party than me, huh? What the fuck? Who knows? Just still irks me. The conversation we're having the other day with Riddick about how, oh, he doesn't like Billy Ray Cyrus. That's upsetting to me. I'm like, no, you, don't, you don't understand. And then I made I'm some comments. Billy Ray Cyrus wanted Hannah Montana, but he got, <laughs> got Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Which is really. <laughs> terrible and true and then i i don't i yeah and then i started talking about upsetting tweets because miley cyrus is something else oh, hopefully yeah. you calm down soon girl stop beating your boyfriends i'm just kidding we're gonna get canceled you should probably cut that out she's gonna sue me anyway what were we talking about i, I i'm not 100 sure i'm talking about billy <laughs> ray cyrus and riddick not liking him naked men in a whorehouse what's happening um, no, Dolly that, was, that was Tim Curry. That's this is the. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Transsexual. Oh no, wait, that's the wrong one. No, but I did. I was fucking amazed by a lot. I'm gonna go listen to her music for the rest of the day, which is upsetting. So the reason I don't listen to country music is I don't like. It's all very triggering. Oh, Concrete Angel was the last like country song I really listened to. It ruined country for me. I was out after that song. I was like, I can't fucking deal with y'all anymore. With the singing about people getting beat to death. I can't uh -huh. do it. Um, but I'm going to go listen to some early Dolly Parton after this podcast, because holy shit. I mean, She's truthfully, I, I listened to country throughout the 90s, and I tended to go more toward the depressing side of it than the upbeat. Like, I can't stand the upbeat fiddle twang stuff. But you <laughs> give me depressing any day of the week, and I'm super happy. The Dixie I mean, Chicks is really good. Garth Brooks is still one of my favorite singers, even okay. though I do not listen to country anymore. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. will listen to Achy Breaky Heart. All or, the time. Like... I, and even, I think the New Age version of Achy Breaky Heart was Honky Tonk Badonkadonk. Does anyone uh -huh. remember that coming out? That song was a banger, and I don't care what anyone says. And the best part was he wrote it to embarrass the shit out of his children, which made it even better. I think my favorite Billy Ray Cyrus song is Words by Heart. I don't know if you've heard that. It's super depressing. Super downer. With the sad songs. Did the cat follow you in? No. Mm. You okay? No. Okay. I could tell you okay. that I absolutely could not stand Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> oh, of you can. My Achy Breaky Heart, it makes the happy feelings in my soul. <laughs> and if you sing the song, that Billy Cyrus song. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so do you see what I put up there? Oh, buy Patreon so that I now I can feel like feel I need to see it. a doc. <laughs> you live with a nurse, you don't need a doctor. Oh, she's never seen Doc. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen Doc. <laughs> okay. Doc. Why they gave him that show, I don't know. Is that Billy Ray Cyrus? 
Doc, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Apparently you don't wow. remember that. It must have been something I was I watched in passing and did not realize. It was like ninety nine, two thousand, and I'm curious. When did Doc have that dog stuck in my head? My breaky heart. Oh, Doc Billy Ray Cyrus aired in two thousand one. I was one year off. What? Were a year off? I was a year off. It was two thousand one, and it ran for five seasons. It's relatively recent. Like I should have known more about that, and I did not. Five seasons? Wow! Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit! That was right in the midst of of. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana, yeah. He's a doctor from Montana who moves to New York City. <laughs> what else would he be? I mean, obviously. He has a thing with Montana. I don't get it. Billy Ray Doctor. I think they're from Montana. I don't know. Now we should Google it. Oh, dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Wait. Did you just singing again? To the, the, the She's balance. singing again. She's singing again. <laughs> you don't understand, guys. We all woke up this morning to her singing oh, nine to five. God. At the top do, of her do, lungs. Do, 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 dancing, do. rocking out to it. Good boy. That was, that was how we all got woken up. Cipher in, cipher, whatever oh, the area is. Oh, buddy. Boy, come home. Boy, come home. They're doing a whole bunch of bullshit out there. Oh, oh my God. And he and just pulled her head down. That was kind of aggressive, yo. <laughs> that was kind of a lot. The chewy box will be in today. I'm sorry it's not here yet. God. <laughs> Oh, God. So today's been a mess so far. I just realized that. We said we were going to talk about Dolly Parton, and we have done pretty much everything everything but Dolly Parton so far. Well, and I I was going to talk more about the documentary. I just keep getting sidetracked. Anyway, they do... um, One of the interesting things I thought about the And I Will Always Love You... Is that the name of the song? What's the name yeah. of the song? Yeah. That's a mouthful, first of all. Marketing. Poor marketing. Anyway. The... <laughs> Her genius behind that. And this is why I have, like, as much as I was having a lot of trouble digesting some of, like, how Dolly Parton presents herself. Because there was some stuff that I just found problematic, and it's because of the time she's raised in. And it's not even that she's being problematic, or it deserves to be. I get that she's beloved, and I am just a small aunt who is not worthy of the same air. Um, but that being said, there was the genius behind, what was I saying? Fucking what song was I was saying? I will always love you. Yeah. So she wrote that song and it of course became a huge, like a hit unto itself because she was supposed to write a love song because dude was like, write love songs. No one cares about your mom's kettle. Was it 1974? Yep. And she wrote, thank you. And she wrote that song kind of as a fuck you. Here's your love song. And she did a great love song. It was beautiful. People loved it. And everyone wanted to buy it, including Elvis, who was like, I want it. 
want the royal I want to own the song and she said no and everyone was like you're it's Elvis you're crazy you that's the one that's as big as that song will get so, but she didn't she held on to that song and then when Whitney Houston re-released that song she was like that's my song and they were like no it's her album she was like yeah that is her album and you made the song better for sure but that's my song and in the documentary she actually says and that woman made me rich which is amazing and it was like holy shit dude the kind of foresight and self-preservation and patience it takes because elvis was a huge goddamn deal it was the guy to like if you were gonna sell the rights to your song to someone I don't think El Elvis would not have been able. Like I'm trying to trying to think of that song in the Elvis twang, and it just it would no. have been like Blue Christmas, but like yeah, I will always love you. And I'm sure he would have made it his own. But when Whitney Houston did that song almost 20 years later, it sounds like kind of without telling Dolly Parton, and then Dolly Parton was like, "There's my winner." Yeah. And, uh, just was like, "Oh, you can totally have the song. Absolutely, you pay me royalties on the back end." Yeah, forever for eternity because I wrote it for you. It was a genius tactical move that made her millions. And to have that was huge foresight to have. But then she would also say stuff at the documentary like, I worked around men, and men, you know, men are just how men are, and I always knew how to handle myself as a good looking woman. And it was just the wording she chose. His wording that we're trying to undo nowadays today, she had no reason to know why we were going to try to undo that language later. It, it's the conflict that Dolly Parton gives me is astounding because I have huge monumental amounts of respect for her. I love her music. Her movies trip me out. <laughs> she's from a time that I'm incredibly disconnected from. She's, I mean, that is true. But I mean, also, if we didn't go through that time period and those feelings and that sense of, et cetera, we wouldn't get to where we are today. For sure. Yeah, well, and that's why I say people like Dolly. Yeah, that's why I say it, like huge amounts of respect. But she is, for me and for my perspective, she is a conundrum to watch. I, I think that a lot of people feel that way for a lot of different reasons with her, but she was. It was a trip to watch the whole time. And I suggest everyone go watch her documentary because it's insane. But don't go watching it expecting you'll learn anything about her private life because you won't. She didn't say a fucking thing about her personal life at all, ever. You won't learn anything. Nothing. And it's kind of neat that she has that secret because it gives her that privacy. That stuff probably won't come out until after she's dead, truthfully. One of right. her close friends who very much kept saying that she's no, that's her boundary and say, like her friends wouldn't out her either. Even people in her close circle. Right. But one of them said she has thousands of songs you don't know about. And I guarantee when she's done, she'll just disappear. No one will even know. That's, like, that's, that's kind of cool, actually. So it's, <laughs> the interesting thing, too, that you mentioned is the song I Will Always Love You. She performs in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. She does. But, and um, as big as that movie became and was, and probably even still is, like there should, I find it odd that it's not common knowledge that she 
that that was her song first because of how big that became. And it's not common knowledge. There's lots and lots oh. of people that are not aware. Like the Whitney Houston is where their their mind sat, and it just it's like they didn't realize or didn't care enough to go back further. And it's it's just kind of strange to me that something that that was so major. Well, in I think 82. she was so quiet about it. Most people come out and make a big, you stole my song, and they take them to civil court, and they make a big, I did it first thing. She was so quiet about it. Right. But she, but Whitney didn't steal the song, though. She bought like, the rights, I think. Right. That was how it made her million. But Whitney released it and sang it before she had bought the rights. And then Dolly Parton came to her and was like, that's my oh. song. Oh, um, yeah. And he was like, "I'll pay you," and she was like, "Yes, you will." <laughs> <laughs> and they, so it wasn't like there was no animosity behind it, but there was also no like big. Dis- she didn't put it like so many things she does. She is quiet about it. Yeah, in, like this very sly, quiet way, and. She just walked away with her money and was like, cha-ching, cha-ching, bye. That's awesome. <laughs> She's tripped, dude. And Whitney Houston did, like, she gave credit where credit was due. She was like, no one, I had no idea my little song could be sung like that. So I wouldn't have anyone else do it. Right. But I didn't know who who it was right to give to until I had heard it done by the right person. And she did it. So not so she made ten million dollars in royalties off off of Whitney Houston's, wow. and then she went and she um, invested most of it into a property in a in the black area of town of Nashville because she thought that it would help it would help spawn giving jobs back and stuff to the community them. exactly. Again, she did she it does. quietly. No one mentioned that, right? Right. I know she does a lot of stuff for like charity. I'm pretty sure sh- I'm pretty sure it's her that has like a-, a book club that you can do for little kids where you like get a book once a once a month or a few times a year where you just like sign up and you get books for your kids. Yeah, that is her. They did mention that too. And they were like and like very in passing, like yada yada. They were like she writes she's banging out songs and she has these movies she's writing. Oh and also she has this Book drive that she does for children who can't afford books. Everything. She does everything. And a lot of it is based around philanthropy and giving back very quietly. Yep. There is a very... This is super cute, and I'm going to read this to you guys. Okay. Oh, yay. Dolly facts. This is this was this was this is a Dolly mini story that is a watered down version of what happened between her and Whitney Houston. <gasps> okay, yeah, received. and it's super cute. Okay. And it goes, "Here's the true story. Dolly had just cooked up I will always love you and left it on the kitchen window ledge to cool off. As Whitney was walking past, she saw the steaming hot newly prepared song and greedily snatched oh, it up and ran quickly game. back to her penthouse apartment where her bodyguard Kevin Costner was waiting to take her to the recording studio. Yep. It was a public scandal and an outrage and both Dolly and Whitney gathered their private armies and prepared for war. Catastrophe was narrowly averted when the king of Armenia interceded and worked out a deal where they shared custody of I Will Always Love You and both became very much richer. 
and they lived happily ever after. I love everything about that analogy. That was amazing. Yes, that is. That's the that was the rundown I got too. Was it was handled very privately and very quickly, and it was settled out, and both of them left millionaires. And here's something else as an amendment. Under U.S. copyright law, anybody has the right to record somebody else's song. And if they do, the songwriter will get paid 91 cents for each CD download or record that is reproduced. Whitney made I Will Always Love You in a huge hit. Dolly Parton loved Whitney Houston's version of it and had the following comment. Touching. <laughs> she is a businesswoman first and foremost, and one thing she did understand was fucking business. Yeah. Um, at least in her time, there was a period of time where she kind of the way they said it in the documentary was the market had become oversaturated with Dolly. She was just fucking everywhere. It also says that the song was in was in the charts twice from Dolly herself. Oh, once really? originally, and secondly, when it was re-released for Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, so, so she like actually, her version was no small feat either. Right, it it made the charts apparently twice. <laughs> go Dolly, go Dolly, go. Interesting. See, and it's like it's shit like that that I'm like, dude, it's hard not to just be kind of floored by I think what I called her was a, a blonde busty sonic boom. Blonde busty sonic boom, I love it. <laughs> She's just kind of fucking you know, poof, everywhere and it's incredible. Yeah, 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 it kinda is. Who are you watching? I think it's even funnier. It is somebody had messed up, and they were like, "Surely you got the question wrong way around." Should be how much money did Whitney Houston make off Dolly Parton? After all, Dolly wrote the song, so she hadn't. What would Whitney Houston have to sing to have great success? By the way, Parton's version is about a million times better than Houston's. <laughs> and truthfully, Ooh. I have to agree with that. I like Dolly Parton's version much yeah. better than Whitney Houston's. I find Whitney Houston's to be very grating. And I don't know something about her voice or the way I, I perceive music. So I think Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You came out in a time in songs where holding notes was the thing that determined good singing. And it was for a movie. Like she released it for the bodyguard. So yeah. Very, like, very much like what's her face? I, I just I'm so many people are gonna slap me. And the Titanic song I uh, heart, my heart will go on. My heart will go on. Celine Dion, thank you. Um, it's almost like it became about how long she could hold the note more yeah. than the rest of the song. What yeah. is super interesting, and this is a really weird side note to go off from. Um, Celine Dion, when she first heard that, she was told that it was about an old couple on the Titanic that had to make the choice to to leave each other in in the lifeboats and it didn't match up with what the movie actually was. So she wrote the song with a little bit of a difference in mind than when it oh. actually <laughs> And she did it in one take. She oh, wow. that was her first take and they told her it was good and she didn't have to do any others. So Celine Dion has been groomed, manicured and trained to do exactly what she did in that song. And that was fucking machine out vocals. 
Yeah. She does, thanks to her much older husband. Uh, he passed away now, I believe. Well, yeah. so I stand by what I said. Respect to the dead, but mm-hmm. I stand by what I said. I'm sorry. It's Come at me. Come at me. I'll have the argument. Let's do it. Oh, boy. <laughs> she was a, She did a music for an old movie that I like called The Peanut Butter Solution. That sounds upsetting and concerning. I'm sorry. I so South Park has ruined me. What is this about? What's it about? Not what flashed through my head, surely. I'm sure probably not. <laughs> oh my goodness, I just Name. got the funniest message Born? from my what ex. Else? From your ex? From my what? ex. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh yeah, well, you we're, guys we're, still, we're, we're still friends. She yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. I just had to find an and open a DVD from 2013. Damn Netflix. And then she adds, but at least I had it. <laughs> and I would like to now make it. a point. There's a reason why we buy DVDs, people. I was just going to say, she fucking solidified your point, and now I can't like her anymore. Tell her I am. <laughs> Which is probably why she shared it, because she knows I go off on that all the time about to people. Well, there was something that just happened with PlayStation over in Germany. They decided that right. any any movies that had been bought on the whatever servers, they were just... I don't even know if they were giving them refunds. They um, were ceasing the movie lines, and they all oh. these movies that people bought, they no longer had. What? Yeah. I shared that on my Facebook page, too, because that's kind of rather important, because that will happen at any given point Did when I- they lose rights and stuff. All these movies that you've bought in digital format are not really yours. They're just Why pixels. Why would you say that? Stop it. Because DVDs are important. Shh. Oh, fun fact. The, the, the DVDs that she was opening, sadly, are the Vampire Diaries. Netflix apparently only has season five now. You're welcome. Ooh. Anyway, continue. Her first crush was Johnny Cash. Not your ex, but Dolly Parton. I, I, Maybe I your ex. Actually, too. probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of people really liked Johnny Cash, so maybe... <laughs> I mean, he okay. was a burning ring of fire. <laughs> Into a burning ring of fire. I don't know why I try to scream. We all learned yesterday. Pokemon theme song. So I don't know why I try. want to be the very best. Richard was no there. For the- no one ever was. What? Was oh, it yesterday or the day before? Richard knows. Help. Cat is hurting our eardrums. Send help. <laughs> Dolly is... Parton once lost a Dolly Parton lookalike contest. I no, found Robert that. Funny. Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. entered a Robert Downey Jr. lookalike contest and came in second. Really? Yep. This is hysterical. <laughs> and I guess Charlie Chaplin did too. Yep. Oh, well, oh, oh. apparently it's a pattern. Which I find oh, hilarious. More than 300 wigs. Well, yeah. We knew that. But 300? That's a lot. More. More than 300. Jolene was inspired by a bank teller that was hitting on her husband. We knew that. Did we know that? I didn't actually I know. I did know that. I didn't. Yeah, Jolene was written about an actual woman who was... Hitting on her husband while she was on tour. <laughs> That's funny. 
she makes funny they were playing like concert footage and she makes funny comments about how she got into a fight with her she went and confronted her but then jolene nearly beat her to death with her own wig but that's okay she because she brought her husband home and she fucking bitched him out and it's just this bizarre, like, a lot of her shows have these weird stand-up comedy bits she seems to do in front of them, too. Huh. So she thinks she's a comedian? Well, People love her. People, so, so I guess she is. So when I went and saw Sean Cassidy, uh, yeah, yeah, I did that right. When I went and saw Sean Cassidy a few weeks ago, that was one of the things he did, was he... Oh. he and one of the reasons why I liked his concert so much, it was the most intimate concert I'd ever been to. Oh, and he sat there and he funny. took stories from his childhood and talked about growing up in Hollywood and where he was today. And as he got to different parts of his stories or his memories or his little comic interjections, he would sing a song. He would go into a song. Yeah. She does that too. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And some of it's like real funny. She, yeah, oh, he in, was hilarious. Oh my god, I was. We spent half of that concert laughing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty fun, and that seemed to be what people loved about Dolly Parton with this thing too. Is where there's a tour where she's in London, and just she looks the way she looks, and she's telling this like little antidote about how she's walking down the street and a girl with like purple streaks in her hair and a half shaved head looked her up and down and uh, clearly didn't know who she was because she looked her up and down and went like this. And Dolly Parton thought maybe her fans wouldn't want her to take that shit. So she flipped her off back. Is that okay? And (laughs) she's like, she plays into the cutesy, like kind of vacant blonde thing, except then she does real smart, funny shit. Right. Awesome. Okay, I'll, I'll be right back. I gotta, I gotta, I'll be right back. There you. Yeah, I'm gonna mute myself so the animals don't cause havoc, but I'll be right back. <laughs> Can't open this, Reese's. This one. I, <laughs> I want Reese's. That's terrible. Look, it's, oh yeah, never mind. I was gonna say, yeah. I have no Reese's. I actually don't have a Reese's because I can't open them. My nails are wet. Anyway, Dolly Parton. Um, like I said, I kind of went through my spiel of everything I've seen her in. Like, her movies are great. I don't know, like, part of me wants to talk about Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, because I know we just watched it. (laughs) I know, and it's fresh in everyone's mind, too. I wish I had, I honestly, I kind of wish I had watched, like, Straight Talker 9 to 5 for this week. And then watched Best Little Whorehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did watch the documentary, but um, is this something that maybe we should cut the episode a little bit shorter today just because? Because we all want to go into that, and that is next week's episode, and it doesn't really matter if we have shorter episodes, I don't think. (laughs) No, it doesn't, as long as we get into the hour area. Oh, Um, I think we've done that, haven't we? And I think we've done that. And, like, the thing about Dolly Parton is there's so much to fucking cover that I didn't write. Like, I couldn't, unless I had known I was supposed to write something a week ago, I couldn't possibly cover everything she's done because she has gone through so many different fucking things. She has a little golden book about herself, for God's sakes. If you've gotten to that, 
Yes, yes, she does. If you've gotten to that point, I mean, that's like that is that's like Betty that's White status because she does yeah. too. Like it was like, come on. Do you think she said one of the people she knows said something really interesting though about how? She has this ability, and I think this is part of her marketing and boundaries image, where she has this ability to do what she does without blatantly offending or making anyone mad. She has this weird, extravagant fan base that goes from, like, super conservative Bible Belt types all the way over to drag queens. And... It is I think a bonkers range. I think that in. part of that helps is because she started her grounding in music, and a lot of that was religious music. And country is also goes very close with religion. I don't know why. Um, so it does that, like tiptoe next to gospel, though. So almost, so so like. that that base point probably gets your conservative people. And then she has her movies that are just outlandish and out there. And that gets your your entire other class of people, which is making her such an icon. Like, she's hit all the demographics by doing both. And she writes books. So, like, I mean... If you want to know her opinion... <laughs> you know, like some authors we know... I mean, most of, I think most, the majority of her books are children's books, but I think she's done a couple of adult. So she's really hit every spectrum of humanity. She was never too good to go on like a game show. She's done, you know, live music and talk shows. She's had her own TV, two TV series named after her. She's done, but she's also been guest. She's like been center stage, but also like side fiddle person. She's and done TVs, TV movies, TV series, theatrical movies. She does do a guest star, but whatever she does, she seems to get the camera. She steals the show. Oh my god, she steals the show without even she trying to. She, she, you just can't not. There were a lot of images in this documentary in the beginning of her next to Betty Boop because their shape is just so goddamn similar. And you can't not look at her. Right. And she even kind of sounds like Betty Boop when she makes that weird little squeak sound. Yeah, and she has this very Betty Boop giggle, and she speaks in a very high register. And it's at first I thought it was just Dolly Parton, but I think it's very intentional. And when I was listening to interviews, speaking on the whole the reaching the spectrum of people, when they asked her anything like political or weird, she always answered with like joke, but her opinion was in there. Like right. during the seventies female movement, um, one of the comments she made when they were like, "Well, are you a feminist? Do you believe in feminist things?" She was like, "Well, I was the first to burn my bra, but it took them three days to put it out." Ha ha ha! And then just like moved on from the conversation. So, and her answers in there because comedy sells. Comedy. Well, if you're laughing, it's really hard to get angry. That's amazing. You always come off like the asshole if you do. Correct. That's such a good answer, though. I thought it was brilliant, and it tri- it floored me. It flabbergasted. I was like, "Fuck, that was clever. That was clever." Because this dude was like, "Well, are you a feminist?" And she was like, "I was the first to burn my bra, but it took him four days to put it out." And I was like, "You're just fucking funny. Why are you so funny? You're fucking <laughs> which, hilarious." Which says to you, "Yes, I am." 
but you're too busy going, holy shit, that was hilarious to realize that she just said, yes, I am. Yeah. She, like she said, bra, and everybody loves that. It's like when you say but around 14-year-olds. All they it's hear when is somebody but. asks you a question and you give them a story to answer. Right. Yeah, I do. And the story is the answer, but there are so it's many. kind of like you do a little sidestep. Yeah. Like our whole podcast. It's interesting because we actually go to a restaurant that's somewhat local. And the woman that runs it is very much that Dolly Parton persona. She have Dolly air. And at first I thought she was faker than shit. And then I realized it is just her. And just it's enjoyable. Out there it's it's enjoyable to go there and hear it. Because at first you're very cynical. And you're like, get real. This woman's not for real. And then she is for real. And then it turned out, and it is one of her favorite places to eat. And she steals the show. She makes it that way. This is so much fun. In the in this documentary, they asked, uh, they were like, if you were to describe yourself to someone who's never met you, what would you say? And it's her again because she's hilarious. She was just like, I think the first thing I'd say is, calm down. I'm not as artificial as I look. On the outside, I'm actually a very genuine person. It's fine. Right. Fine. And I just thought that was so true. She beat you to the joke. She's also so true. I don't know. She's a trip. She trips me out. It was a joy to learn about her. It really was. And I, it made Best Little Whorehouse in Texas a bigger conflict for me. Because of my growing love for her, I wanted to love this and just was met with discomfort. The second I found out she played a madam, and I immediately go, with that body, of course she should. Who wouldn't do that? I mean, and it I, looks like an empress the whole time. So you go through it, and it's just hilarious. And you're just like, this is the most amazing thing ever. I love Dolly Dolly. Her name is Mona. Mona? Mona. <laughs> madam Mona. Oh, it's it's fucking crazy the fact that that's based on a true story just boggles me i'm positive the true story part is probably that there was a whorehouse in texas that almost went under and they traded because of because because of a tv station so like the 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 base is there Because, like, the core of it, I was like, this sounds like something that would happen in this time. For sure. Absolutely. PD comes in and fucks up a fucking age-old business just because it's, like, lucrative for ratings, and that's what people will digest. Yeah. Seems right. Yep. Seems legit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And because, you know, they're in the Bible about the whole idea of... That's a house of sin. You know, oh my god. And then, like, Jesus, they should see what today is like. I also did appreciate the uh, girls reading the rules, but if you watch them, like the one that mentions the rules about the tattoo has it very clearly has a tattoo on her shoulder. (laughs) They're just plain tacky. (laughs) Speaking as a tattooed person, I I love all my tattoos. I think it was uh, Kim Kardashian who said no one would put a bumper seat. See, support the tattoos. Uh, Kim Kardashian opened her mouth again and said, Honey, would you put a bumper sticker on a Bentley? To which I say, Yes, I would. Uh, a sense you're of humor a Bentley out. to put the bumper sticker on. 
<laughs> I um, mean, it's it's kind of like as bad as pinstriping a uh, uh, do it. I believe a yellow in humor. Cadillac. It's not a Cadillac, though. I would put a bumper sticker on a Bentley, mostly because I bought bumper stickers for my car before I had the fucking car. Like, because <laughs> I have a personality, you stuck-up bitch. Fuck you. Anyway, how do we get here? What's happening? Can we... <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. Is there a manager I can speak to? Yeah, you're... Uh, yeah, you! You're the one oh, in charge! This is your you, know, yes! you know what's even oh, better? Shit. Is that best little whorehouse in Texas was her pick, which is even funnier. Right. And what, well... It was my pick by accident because I had never seen it, and it's it's continuing to be something that everyone's like, watch it, and I wanted so badly for me to like it more than I did. I don't even understand why you don't like it in some part of you because it's so funny. I'll explain it when we get oh, there tomorrow. There are things. The gremlin is outside my door, and I don't know if you two can hear her on the other side of the door, but she's just going stupid out there. I mean, well, that's okay because we were talking about how this was. Like an awesome episode, but we can do a relatively short episode too, because I think we've gotten all the dolly we know out of us. Because there's just too much dolly to cover. You well, there's cover too much dolly to. I, you can cover it as, you know, as this, this, this in succession, and give you a list. But then to go into every single thing and be like, oh, there's this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Can you hear her out there? No. Be quiet. Let now. everyone be quiet. Oh, she's on the other side of the house now. She's literally. I think she just door. makes up no. stories. She <laughs> does. Are you sure? She was on the you other side hearing. of the door, and you could hear her doing her weird little puppy bark. You can tell us if you're hearing things, and we can find you a person. I've been hearing things since I was the voices. It is. You know how many voices there are in my head. Why do you think she writes books? That's fair point. You hear her? Do you hear? Do you hear? I'm gonna go get her. <laughs> it is now a statement. Tell me a statement. See the gremlin. I'm Grumbles. Oh, I grab Grumbles. Go get her. You, you guys can't see this, but I have a baby old English bulldog. Her name is Kylie. She doesn't know how to bark yet, so she makes weird little gremlin noises. She's super quiet right now. She's very upset. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go give her back. <laughs> it's so cute. I want to scratch the face. Want a fucking puppy? Husband won't let me have one. He says we have too many animals, and I know he's right. But I'm pretty sure we need a puppy. I mean, you can always get a couple of corgis. I can lend them to you for a week and see if you still like them. Yes. He'll so eat everything that's puffy. He'd be so mad at me. Apparently, so Katie, apparently Katie, Katie, who is Kylie's half-sister, like literally half-sister, they, they have the same mom, different dad. Literally, I picked Kylie up and came out, came in here, and Jess and Jeremy are like, Katie was just like, what the fuck just happened? And apparently just like turned around, walked out into the kitchen, got a drink, and then Jeremy opened the door and was like, do you want to go out? And she's like, yeah, and just walked outside and was like, okay, oh, this is all right now. Like, <laughs> puppy! Yep. Who's your good puppy? Yep, she is. Uh, not a good puppy. Anyway. So yeah, that, that's, that's that. 
Anyways. <laughs> what were we saying? Sorry. I, I just... She goes stupid crazy. This also, Jeff is about to sit down and go live. Who forgot to sit down and go live? Jess. Oh. Yeah. Jeremy's gonna go stream. Jess is gonna go live. Sparkle, sparkle, pop. And you said, and you said you thought we were about done because I, I think we are. Like yeah. I like I like I think we've like exhausted the the main part of Dolly until we do the next episode. Yeah, and I mean we usually do really really long episodes, so short episodes seems kind of cool to me. No, it's yeah. okay, and I think we have. I think because I like seriously, we did not. I did not anyway prepare like any sort of thing, and we could just list off for days, Dolly Parton. But it would seriously, it'd be a seminar of just a listing lecture. There's so much, guys. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't do anything. We've been watching Stranger Things all week. So go learn about Dolly Parton is what we have to say. Go learn something. Go watch something. Go listen to her early, early storytelling, bonkers ass music that everyone underestimated and everyone forgot to tell me about. Anyway. Thanks for right, coming, guys. guys. Yay. Thanks. Don't yeah. forget to like and follow us on Clip Critics. And all and... those fun things. Hold on, I, I closed off the... Okay, anyways, yeah. So we're done? We're done. We're doing a short episode this week? We're doing a short episode! Thank you, everyone! Seriously, go find us. Uh, like and follow. Dude, seriously, actually, though, if you do go on our page... Um, try to share and review because it pushes it and we got an organic follower recently and nothing can compare to the ego boost I got by that so please give me yeah. more because I am a sad insecure woman. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs>